girl can shred a mean guitar, can't she? So, welcome all to another panic attack with Big John. I don't know, do I want hat on or hat off tonight? Whoa, dropping all my shit. There's a glare on my head, so I guess we'll go hats on. Alright, so, welcome all to Panic Attack with Big John. This is the worst presidential speech I've ever heard in my lifetime review and recast and rebuttal and whatever. Not really a rebuttal, because there's nothing to rebut. There's just fucking babble. But, oh, Christmas jam playing in the background for us. Get us in the holiday spirit. Let me grab my... Still got COVID. I, know, I still got some kind of cold. I, it, it could be a, just a regular old cold sinus infection thing. Um, follow me on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social at the real underscore Big John. Do all that like, share, and subscribe stuff that all the podcasters tell you to do. You know the drill. And by the way, thank you for all the likes. Um, I do appreciate that. I was looking at, uh, at my rumble the other day and, uh, I'm up to a thousand likes. And, and, you know, been doing this for, I don't know how many years, 15 years. And, uh, now I'm on my own. My tag team partner, Doc, who floats in and out, is doing other things. But, you know, when this internet radio and podcast stuff first kicked off and there wasn't everybody and their brother, we, we, uh, were big on some platforms like Red State Talk Radio, um, Blog Talk Radio, um, so I'm still out here getting my opinion out, and evidently at least a thousand of you like it, maybe a few more, I don't know, I think maybe they round off, but anyways, so this is just, this is terrible, this is embarrassing, to have Joe Biden as our our, our president, our commander-in-chief. Um, he went on a trip to the Middle East the other day. Had a rogue hair growing there. Uh, sorry, you on the, the podcast don't get to see all the weird shit I do. Um, but, okay, so he went over there to Israel... Um, and he mentioned that he was the first American president to visit Israel during a time of war. Um, what, what the hell, whatever. He should not have went, to be honest with you. Um, it, it just created a dangerous situation for him, for Israel, for the United States, for everybody there. Um, I don't know the details, but uh, the president of Egypt declined to meet with President Biden. 
Although he said in his speech he met with uh, Egyptian leaders, uh, the president of Jordan did not want to meet with President Biden. Now, with Jordan, we know that there was an uprising taking place at the uh, Israeli foreign embassy in Jordan. So that could have been the reason why the Jordanian president said, no, I don't want to talk to you. It might have just been too dangerous. It might have just caused more problems in Jordan. I, I don't know, but we do know that the Egyptian president and Jordanian president didn't meet with Biden. Obviously, Joe Biden does not write his own speeches. I don't know who... who the speechwriter was, but they need to be fired. Now I'm drooling on top of my eyes watering. The speechwriter needs to be fired. I, I have no clue what, what this was about. It starts off with him saying that this is an inflection point for America. Um, he said that they're working towards getting free, uh, setting free the Americans that are being held captive by Hamas. <sighs> Folks, they're not being held captive. They're being tortured. They're being raped. They're being tortured. That's they're not just sitting in a room eating milk and cookies, being held captive. Now, the rumors we heard a week or two ago when all this t kicked off was that Israeli and American special forces were going to go after all the hostages, American and Israeli. Evidently, so far, that hasn't happened, but we're, we got to pray for those people and hope for the best for them. Um, Biden says he talked to the Palestinian Authority. Uh, he says that the actions of Hamas do not take away from Palestinians' rights. I've done two videos now where I've told you guys every country that the Palestinian people go to they try to take over they set up an autonomous zone and they try to run the roost and they did it uh, in Jordan that's why Jordan doesn't want them they did it in Lebanon. So the best thing for all these other Arab countries is keep them next to or within Israel and let it be Israel's problem. But pardon me, let the Palestinian people be Israel's problem. So then from the Palestinian Authority and the Palestinians' rights, Biden jumps to Ukraine. 
start talking about Ukraine. He's tr he's trying to compare Russia and what Putin did by invading Ukraine with what Hamas did to Israel. Because keep in mind, this is a speech to convince the American people, to convince Congress to sp spend another $100 billion that we do not have to fund wars in Israel and Ukraine. And more on that later. He said it's vital for America's national security to fight terrorists and fight dictators. Now, later on, he says he's not going to put American troops on the ground in Russia. But he says if we don't stand up to and fight back against terrorists and dictators, they'll walk all over us. That's true, but we've done our fair share of that most of my lifetime, and there are still terrorists and there are still dictators. So, talk, he starts talking about Putin threatening to go into Poland and the Baltics. Okay? Poland and the Baltic states. Let me tell you something. Poland ain't screwing around anymore. Poland will F Russia's S up. Okay? They will freak Russia's crap up. They are sick of being treated like shit by the world. They're sick of being invaded. And they've built up quite a military. And they, they already... If Putin and Russia crosses that line... <laughs> Poland will be in Moscow the next day. That's how badass the Poles are. So. Biden. By saying you know. We're going to stop Russia from spreading to the Baltics. And Poland. He might have scared some people. With that remark or. You know, I think Russia's just going to invade and set up the Iron Curtain again. He ain't going to set it up in Poland. I'll guarantee you that. Um, he, he's bumbling and stammering through this whole thing. And it's truly sad and embarrassing at this point. It's sad. It's this tired old man just trying to get through a speech. And you can see it's like 8 o'clock at night and he's he's gassed. You know, his tank's on E and the car's running on fumes. So he talks about how he's going to send this funding request to Congress tomorrow. And he says it's to keep American troops out of harm's way. So we're, we're just going to send the money to Ukraine and Israel so they can fight for themselves. That's what he's saying there. He said it's to keep America's troops out of harm's way. And, sec and secure America's safety for decades to come. That's what he said, people. I don't know how he has the foresight to see what problems may be on the rise decades from now. He talked about... You know, protecting our children and grandchildren by spending this hundred billion dollars. 
This speech was all over the place. It was pathetic. It's the I've seen. I guarantee you, I've watched more than half of the presidential speeches that have taken place in my life. The ones that were televised. You know, the one that happens at somebody's backyard barbecue and bum flip Egypt. That that doesn't count. Of the presidential addresses that have been televised, I promise you I've seen more than half of the ones in my lifetime. Okay, my grandparents watched the... Well, there weren't as many TV stations when I was a little bitty kid. But my grandparents watched every presidential speech. And because they were patriotic people, they weren't real political like me, but they were patriots. They watched the speeches. That's what you did. And with their generation and and that, when the president spoke on the radio, the television, that's what you watched. Mostly because he was on every channel because there were only three, but still you watched the president. And then I got an interest for politics. So if, even if my family wasn't watching it, I found a way to watch it on another TV set in my bedroom or somewhere else. So I've seen more than half of them. And this was the worst one. The man just felt like he wanted to fall asleep, people. It was, it's hor- it was horrible. It was disjointed. It was confuncted. Discombobulated, whatever you can think of, is a negative term. That's what this was. So back to the low lights. Um, he said that he reminded President Netanyahu. Now he's reading off a teleprompter. Let me finish the sentence. He reminded President Netanyahu. Of the rules of war. The rules of war. And to keep civilian casualties to a minimum. Prime Minister Netanyahu. Which that's his actual title. But the speechwriter screwed that up too. Prime Minister Netanyahu. Doesn't care what Joe Biden says. But Joe's trying to play the middle ground here. Whoever wrote this speech, and he probably believes it in some ways too, he's trying to play the middle. He wants to make sure he talks about the the rights of the Palestinian people. Talks about the rights of the Israeli people and the Ukrainian people. And the Russian people. Let me tell you something. Our best ally against Vladimir Putin is the Russian people. They don't want him in Ukraine either. Okay? They don't want this Ukrainian war. It's Putin and the Communist Party that are doing that. But anyway, Biden wants to, and his speechwriters and advisors and whoever's running things behind the show are trying to appeal to everyone here. And they just, they can't do it. You can't appeal to everybody. You have to take a stand. All right. As far as, you know, I feel bad. There are innocent people getting killed. Jews, Palestinians. And I'm sure not every Palestinian is a bad person. But 
the Palestinians allowed Hamas into their government, allowed Hamas to be part of their ruling class. They elected Hamas to political positions. Okay? So Biden goes on and says that they're going to start getting uh, food and medicine and and, uh, water to the Palestinian people. Uh, As long as Hamas does not steal this food and these supplies, then that will open the door for more United Nations relief supplies, food, clothing, medicine, things like that into uh, Gaza. The problem is, who's there to see whether or not Hamas is stealing this food, uh, interrupting the supply? You know, nobody. And you're going to hear rumors and stories and fairy tales all over the place with this relief aid food and water and whatnot. But hopefully the United Nations, you know, Robin Williams uh, summed the UN up perfectly. He said the UN is like a traffic cop on volume, just sitting there going, slow down, slow down. (laughs) Robin Williams was so, so good, so funny. Uh, But, and he was a big liberal good for him but he was the kind of liberal you liked because his heart was in it Uh, it wasn't as political for him as it was let's just love one another anyway not to get off on that so if Hamas doesn't interfere with this shipment of relief then the UN will send more relief to the people of Palestine Biden says he then briefly mentioned this, the two the two state solution Israeli state Palestinian state side by side loving one another the problem is that's been around for a long time Palestine the Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank they govern themselves Who do they elect? Hamas. What does Hamas do? Bomb the shit out of Israel. Why do they do that? Because no other Arab state wants them. So there is no two-state solution. And Biden sure as shite won't be the one to negotiate a two-state solution if that was even remotely possible. But it's not. Um, he brings up racism, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. I don't see any Islamophobia in the United States. There are always going to be racist, bigoted crackers out there. We've talked about that. But on a mass scale, there's not a lot of Islamophobia in the United States. Um, anti-Semitism... It depends on where you are, but the biggest anti-Semitism right now 
is coming from the Muslim, uh, Arab, Palestinian factions in the United States, and they aren't going to listen to Joe Biden. Um, he botched this line horribly, but the only good thing he said, the only thing he said in the speech that made sense to me was, you're all America. Now, I think the correct way to say it would have been, you're all Americans. But there's a, a stretch where we can say, okay, we're all America. <laughs> and we can take that. Um, and I do wish that we would all just be Americans and all get along uh, and, and stuff. But you've got anti-Semites in Congress now. Ilhan Omar, uh, anti, she's against America, she hates America, Rashida Tlaib, America-hating Muslim, uh, you know, they're, they're just, just not, not people that want to love this country, and, you know, I want everybody to be an American and get along. Maybe we disagree on some things, but we leave our disagreements at home and come together. That's just a fantasy world I live in. So Biden went on. He mentions this uh, after 9-11 that the United States made mistakes. Well, you and Obama were part of those mistakes for eight years. Um... But he says that he cautioned Israel not to be blinded by rage right now. Okay, Joe, you can stop trying to play the fucking middle. And that's why this speech was terrible. There was no concise point at any point. It was just everywhere. He tried, his speechwriters, advisors, puppeteers, tried to cover everything under the sun in a 15-minute speech. And it was just all over. So, we as Americans, he says, after 9-11, we made mistakes. And said that we were... Wait a second. He basically insulted every American who died on 9-11. Every firefighter, fireman, policeman. I know firefighter and fireman are the same thing. Uh, <laughs> he basically insulted the 3,000 and some odd Americans who died. And all of the Americans who died in the war on terror... By saying we made mistakes after 9-11. By saying to Israel, don't be blinded by rage. I don't remember... Americans being blinded by rage. 
after 9-11, just being frank with you. I remember us being excessively patriotic for a few days, maybe a year, but blinded by rage, I don't remember that. Sorry, Joe. If I had an American flag as a curtain in my dinky little efficiency apartment that wasn't very efficient. But I had an American flag in my window way before 9-11 as a curtain. Is he saying it was racism and blind rage? When I walked across campus and saw American flags in almost every window the next day. Because that's all I saw. Anyhow. Uh, and then as soon as he was done talking, don't be blinded by rage. And now back to Ukraine. Like literally that fast. I told Israel, don't be blinded by rage. And Ukraine. And I'm like, is he going to say Ukrainians are blinded by rage? No, he just... Went back to, we've got to fund Ukraine. We have to give Ukraine money to kick Russia out. And I've heard more than one source say that war is lost. And Russia has won. So, anyhow. He kept saying he won't send American troops to to war in Russia, into Ukraine. Uh, There are already advisors who wear military uniforms and are part of our military uh, in Ukraine. <laughs> and there are, he said he's not going to send American soldiers into Israel. But there are tens of thousands of American soldiers offshore in the Mediterranean Sea right now. But we're not sending American soldiers in. (laughs) I mean, is he trying to get a technicality on us? If he sends them, he says he's not going to send American soldiers into Russia, I think is what he actually said. So as long as they don't set foot in Russia, just in Ukraine. Is that what he's trying to do to us? I'm not going to send American soldiers into into Israel. But he'll send them into Gaza and the West Bank. But that's not... Israel, that's Palestine. So, I I mean, I don't know what this speechwriter was doing, but this was horrible. Uh, The dude couldn't hold a thought. He bumbled things. It it just felt disjointed. He went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. You know, Israel, Ukraine, Israel, Ukraine, Israel, Ukraine. And I get that the point was to make the argument to the American people and to Congress to fund $100 billion to Israel and to Ukraine. And I don't know if it's going to be $50 billion each or how it's going to be divided, but that's what the point of this was. But it was just horrible. It was a terrible delivery, and it was terribly written. I don't know what in the blue hell... I watched this on Fox News. I'm sorry. Uh, But Brit Hume, you know, afterwards, okay, so first babbling was uh, Brett Baer. 
And, you know, he basically tore it apart. Britt Hume comes on as like, this is the best speech I've ever heard. Uh, this is the best presidential war speech. Biden sounded so strong. I just saw this tired, weak old man, just like the confused old man I saw on Air Force One yesterday when he was being pressed and grilled by reporters and he couldn't put a thought together, couldn't get shit straight. And, I mean, that's what I saw. This was a tired old man. It was 8 o'clock at night and he looked exhausted. And being president is an exhausting job. That's why you don't give it to a guy like Joe Biden. But that's what we got, folks. So, worst presidential speech of my life. Completely discombobulated, completely incoherent. Back and forth, back and forth. But it didn't set, it didn't make the argument. And he didn't win the vote. He didn't get the point across that this is a great idea to send a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine and Israel respectively. So be back in a minute on the podcast. <laughs> 